Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on TikTok at hold up podcast. And my voice is like this because we're recording at six o'clock in the morning. Um, We also switched things up, guys. If you listen to our last episode, we said that we were going to watch a lot like love. Turns it's out lost to the world. It's lost to the it's world. It's nowhere to be found. Can't can't rent it on Amazon. Can't rent it on iTunes. It's nowhere. I searched it on iTunes via my voice, and it said there's nothing like that. So then I searched it physically, and it said this is a movie, but you can't watch it. And then the internet said it was available on Amazon. So I checked there, and it said no, we don't want you to. So. <laughs> We'll never know. So if you does it hold up? Hard to say. No, because it's not a movie anymore. Um, if you were anxiously awaiting the A Lot Like Love episode, sorry. So instead, we we had to pivot. Watched. We pivot. We tried to keep it in the same vibe, if you will. Yeah, it's um, not the same movie, but the vibes are the same. Uh-huh, right. Um, vibes only. Uh and we watched music and lyrics, which neither of us had seen. I'd never seen. Had you seen? I no, I mostly because when I searched a lot like love, it was like that's not available, but would you like to watch one of these titles? And I was like, Yeah, okay. So that's so that's where we're at, guys. We watched music and lyrics, um, which came out in 2007 and stars Drew Barrymore and Hugh Grant, most notably, but then also various other people including brad garrett and Kristen johnson we were really trying very hard for this to be a comedy um i thought it was it had its moments yeah no i mean honestly it had moments um allison what it, else can you tell us about music and it lyrics? holds a 63 percent on rotten tomatoes and was written and directed by mark lawrence who American director. That's the one I'm looking for. It was written and directed by Mark Lawrence, Lawrence, who also did Miss Congeniality, but I thought he did. Miss Congeniality, Two Weeks Notice, Forces of Nature, an American classic. So a real like Did you hear about the Morgans? Noel on Netflix. I thought he did. Hang on. I'm glad I looked this up instead of just saying it because Mark Waters did Mean Girls. They're different. Anyway, um, he did the miscongenialities and um, other Hugh Grant slash Sandra Bullock rom-coms. Great. This, this, I, okay, that checks out because I feel like this was very like it had all the feels of like an an early aughts Hugh Grant rom com. I had thought, tell me if I'm wrong. What is the rom com where someone is like a, like a washed up music artist? I want to say played by Hugh Grant is like the a judge of like an American Idol type reality show, and falls in love. Is this is this the Shazam thing? I are you sure it's not this movie? Then you're I just misremembering that. 
I think I thought this movie was about like a like a reality show that she was on and they fell in love. But as I'm saying that, that wouldn't be appropriate. No. Much like uh, much like Matthew Morrison. Morrison. Had a relationship with someone while hosting Dancing with the Stars. Did you so I you think like you can dance? Morrison was a thank you. I felt like Matthew Morrison was a jump scare. No? He showed up and I went, What? <laughs> I was unprepared. I was I unprepared need- for a lot of this movie, if we're being honest. I need a movie to say, and I don't want like him at the top of the credits, but I just want like, you know how before Severance, I've been watching Severance, they'll say like, disclaimer, there's flashing lights or disclaimer, this episode depicts suicide. Yes, Severance, super bummer. I want a movie when it features Matthew Morrison to say, disclaimer, this movie features Matthew Morrison. (laughs) Fair, fair. Um, Yeah, Matthew Morrison is in this. I mean, not very much. So the, the plot of this movie is has nothing to do with an American Idol type reality show. No. Um, Hugh Grant is a washed up 80s pop star from a band called uh, Creatively Enough Pop, um, starring him and Jason Street. Um, Who which, then is not in this movie at all. No, 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 no. He carried me had to get back to Texas and not play football because he does not he no longer has the use of his legs. Um, it's the also I love that that man has been in probably like three successful series since Friday Night Lights, but that's the one that you're just really holding on to. He's currently on Jenny and Georgia. Okay, so one something that Um, more people are watching and not me. Friday Night Lights is more iconic. I don't feel like Jenny and Georgia is for us. Am I wrong? Isn't it like for the teens? No. I think so. I think it's. I, I think thought like Ginny and Georgia was for girls. like the happy, sunny teens, and Euphoria was for like the dark, twisty teens. No, just I know adults I, who watch Euphoria. I mean, there's probably adults who watch. Um, Ginny and Georgia. I thought Ginny and Georgia was like if you if your mom watched Gilmore Girls, then you're gonna like this. Probably. Um. Okay. So he's currently on Ginny and Georgia. Ooh, maybe not. He's got an end date on it. Maybe he got killed off. I don't think they kill people in Ginny and Georgia, but maybe he got written off. Uh, maybe he moved to, went to Venice to find his father and attempted a spinoff. Is um, this Friday Night Lights again? No, that's what happened to Jess's character on Kilmore Girls. Keep the fuck up. They tried to do a spinoff? That's... Yeah, remember the episode where he goes to Venice to find his dad? And it's... And mm. Dad's and who is, is his dad? His dad is I don't know, one of those 80s stars. It's unimportant. That guy, yeah. Um, Heart of Dixie. His dad's girlfriend is the woman who will later play Luke's ex-girlfriend who he had a child with. Ugh, remember when they gave Luke a kid? Fucking Gilmore Girls. Anyway. Heart Wait, of Dixie I'm show. sorry. Did, is it the same character? Did I miss that like family it's drama? It's not the same character. It is the same actress. Wow, wild. Because um, I think they were like, you're going to have a spinoff. And then she didn't. Okay, you can play a character no one likes here. Okay, so since Friday Night Lights, he's was on The Good Wife for a fourteen episode arc. He was a regular, like a main character on Heart of Dixie, and a main character on Ginny and Georgia. Okay, respect. None of those are as iconic as Friday Night Lights. That's fine. I'm just there's saying, only a like, handful of there's only a handful of Friday Night Lights actors who you watch and you think. Then you don't immediately go. They run Friday Night Lights. And it's like, I don't know, Mr. Kirsten Dunst. What's his name? 
Jesse Plemons. Yeah, Jesse Plemons is the only one, including Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton, who have had very successful careers in IR. They, I guess you look at them and you think like, those are iconic actors. Remember when they were on Friday nights? And Jesse Plemons, you think, God, what a chameleon. Everybody else. Minka Kelly, you go, she did it. Trevor Noah, everybody else. Every That's other fair. person. I'm not arguing that this man's most iconic credit is not Friday Night Lights. I'm just saying, when you look at his IMDb, like this Michael B. Man, Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, you don't immediately go to Friday Night Lights. No. This man, prolific. Like, just... Uh, working hard in Hollywood is all I'm saying good for him but when he showed up on music lyrics and granted music and lyrics was before any of the things we've talked about so like he was not he was um, actively on Friday Night Lights in 2007 okay fine I'm just saying like nowadays I was watching that movie in like my 2023 mindset where I was like this man needs to show up again and then he didn't I thought he was going to come and say they'd have some sort of confrontation because we have yet to describe what this movie is about. Yeah, he and Hugh Grant, about? despite being wildly different ages, sure, were a pop duo and from different countries. And for, yeah, but we never hear Jason Street talk, so it's not important um, because they they do have like British pop duo vibes. Uh huh. Very much. Uh, although I guess they're like very wham and it's George Michael British. I don't want to know. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Um, Jason Street never speaks, so he could have been British in this movie. Anyway, true. They were a pop duo. Jason Street went on to enjoy a great, illustrious solo career. Basically, he's George Michael, and Hugh Grant is the other guy in Wham. Yes. Um, Hugh Grant did not have such a successful career. He does like the nostalgia tour and writes music, and he gets the opportunity to write music for, you know, uh. Kesha. Yeah, a copy a Kesha. That's Kesha. It's not Kesha. It's not, but like that's who it reminded me of. Because I was like, who is this curly? Uh oh, I'll get there. Go on. Um, she has Britney vibes. They say she's better than Britney and Christina. Mm, she's not. Um, she has Kesha vibes. Um, and he gets an opportunity to write a song for her, but he only writes the music, so he needs a lyricist. And he discovers that the woman he's hired to water his plants, Drew Barrymore, uh, writes lyrics. And they try and write a song together uh, to great success and then also fall in love. Right. Um, yes. So she, the pop star, um, is kind of like Jason Street whose real name, by the way, is Scott Porter. Um, Harry, I don't care. His name <laughs> is Jason Street. I was very happy to see him up and walking. I don't care. His name is Jason um, Street. She's kind of like him in that, like, very much character actor, like, shows up in a lot of things, been on a couple of series, nothing I've ever watched. But her partner, her life partner and the father of her child is Joe Wright, who, amongst other things, directed... Um, the 2005 Pride and Prejudice and Atonement, so a millennial icon. Interesting. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know who she is at all, but I've never seen this one before in my life, so to me, she's a dumb pop star, which is rude. Also, for a movie that, like, had moments of Hugh Grant, like, defending pop music and people making fun of pop music, which I very much appreciate, they make a lot of fun of her pop music. 
Well, yeah, I feel Let's like Let's be honest, was... he's like, pop music is great, and then lists a bunch of men in pop music, and then he's uh-huh. the rest of the movie shitting on Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Yes. It was 2007. Men can make pop music, is what we're saying. It was 2007. If you'll remember correctly, 2007 was the height of Britney hate and her downfall. And her very public breakdown. Your head, and I was a senior in high school. Yes. So this was very much when we, and we, the proverbial we, hated young female pop stars. Hated them. Um, and we had not yet had not yet had our our come to Jesus moments. Although I say that, and like the you know last week, everyone on social media was talking about Arya. Ariana Grande's weight. So, like, I feel like we're still. I've been off Twitter. What the fuck happened? Oh, Jesus, Allison. So she. What'd she has... do? Publicly eat a sandwich? No, she's lost weight. So, like, she's looking thinner, and everybody has a thought about why she's lost weight. And so then she had to get on social, not had to, but chose to get on social media and defend her weight loss and explain her mental health. And why do we keep putting women in this position to have to explain their weight loss or gain to us? Leave them the fuck alone. I don't know. As someone who is not a public figure, but did lose a significant amount of weight in a significant amount of time, or in a short amount of time, a significant amount of weight in a non-significant amount of time, people love to tell you. But that's what I'm saying is like, Never not, in get my the life. Fuck, not get the fuck off. Never in my life have I felt more publicly invaded when people would be like oh my god you lost so much weight you look so good what's your secret and i would be like it's diabetes don't don't do it so anyway my point being we still we still think we need public access to the trials and tribulations of young female pop stars um ones who started as children and their choice in this life is questionable like their choice in their fame is questionable exactly i mean at this point she's a grown-up let's let's i, I mean i know she does like the sexy baby thing but like she's a grown-up i like ariana grande no no this is not ariana grande hate but i'm just saying like her persona is very much like sexy baby um but also selena gomez she was another one who like in the past couple of weeks had to get on social media and be like yeah i've gained weight like leave me the fuck alone have to discuss selena gomez for a second which has nothing to do with this movie but i was talking to uh my best friend derek jafruti the other day and we were talking about why it is well first of all she was like i looked up one thing about selena gomez on instagram and now it's been a three-day rabbit hole of me in selena gomez like life and drama and i was like yeah we've all been there mm-hmm. and she was like team gomez like who's Haley bieber and why I, apparently erica just went on a down spiral of what happened between selena and justin and Haley. anyway been there Sure, we've all been there, right? Go on. I was too old for Selena Gomez and Disney. I had aged out of Disney by the time Wizards of Waverly Place came on. I never really listened to Selena Gomez's music. Yet somehow I feel like I will defend her with my life. What is that? Girl I, like that I like that show she's on now. But I don't yeah. know why I feel such a deep hatred. Is it because she's like Taylor's bestie and you ride hard for Taylor? No, I don't think so. Because also, like, people criticize Taylor all the time, and I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. I'm fine criticizing Taylor Swift. 
I don't want anyone to touch Selena Gomez. Is it because she has been open about her struggle with chronic illness and mental health? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Anyway, Uh, my point being, leave women alone. To female pop stars. (laughs) Second of all, yes, this honestly maybe the most disappointing thing about this movie and and to be fair i was in my 2023 headspace as opposed to my 2007 headspace but i was like she is so much a caricature and a stereotype of like young female pop stars and it's really grating on me well also he lists like when he is talking to drew barrymore and he's doing a speech that i very like that is stolen from an actual richard curtis like when people had asked Richard Curtis why he uses so much pop music in his movies, he has given this speech. Like, I would not be surprised if Hugh Grant was like, I have a friend who had a thought. And then they put it in this movie about like pop music being made fun of, but actually like bringing people joy. And he says like, you can do all the like retreats or whatever you want, but you there is nothing to describe the feeling of when, and then he starts singing, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. And it's an excellent speech and an excellent point. And I wish I had watched this movie in high school and felt that and been able to tell that to people. But the people he lists as great pop artists are Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, and Bob Dylan. Now, I love Bob Dylan, but pop? Yeah, Dylan, no, that one I was like- pop music. He's to be fair, I think he listed happy. Dylan- I thought it was in the context of songwriters, like great songwriters was the Dylan reference. Okay, sure. Which fair. Regardless, yes, Bob Dylan's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. I, I, I love Bob Dylan. I'm not shitting on Bob Dylan. I, I don't know that I'm thinking like, oof, I want to feel good about myself. So I'm going to spin some Dylan. No, no. I'm going to cry. Right. But nowhere in this like diatribe on the greatness of pop are we mentioning, I don't know, Aretha Franklin? Carol is- King. This Anyone is the second time. week in a row where I've been like Carol King, Candy Burris. No, no one, no, not one mention of Candy Burris, which like <laughs> that's just insulting. No one was like mm, Donna Summer deserves a shout out here. Just like, yeah, we're gonna talk about pop music and not be like, hey, share. Yeah, like hey. women have contributed to the genre. Amy Houston, James. Like I was just like, oh, we picked only the, we like went out of the way to only pick the men. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's 2007. Kelly Clarkson. No one wants to mention Kelly Clarkson. Oh my god! Yeah. I literally, like, the day that the divorce album drops, I will be unreachable. Do you understand me? Unreachable. I want, I want my children to be is your at daycare. Okay? Your marriage no. okay? Oh, my marriage is fine, but on that day, I will fully pretend it's not. Okay. Like, I we will be broken up for a day. I mean, I don't you could be in the perfect fairy tale marriage, but if you're a millennial woman and Kelly Clarkson is dropping her divorce album, you're single for that day and heartbroken. Like I don't I mean, I don't care what your relationship status is. You are heartbroken on that day. Should we pick a fight with our respective partners? So yes. best to best enjoy the album. Hmm, what am I gonna pick a fight about? This will be fun. This is fun. <laughs> and listen. I feel like Brandon Blackstock needs to be prepared to like go into hiding because the way that women between the ages of 30 and 40 ride for Kelly Clarkson, when that album comes out, that man should make himself scarce. That's all I'm saying. You better hide it in Reba's basement, bro. No, because 
No, because Reba divorced his father. She's not. She's she's not helping that man out. Mm-mm. She'll turn him over. She'll be like, he's here, ladies. He's oh, here. Come oh. get him. I love Reba, but I don't trust Reba. You know. Oh, I feel like she and Kelly are like, we've been burned by the Blackstock men. Let's. It's because of what she did to the Dixie Chicks. I love her, but I don't okay. trust her. Anyway, okay, so we've gotten wildly off base. Anyway, the point being, this movie, like much of society in 2007, hates young female pop stars. <laughs> um, And as a movie trying to be reverent about pop music, that was annoying. It was really annoying. Yep. It hates young female pop stars, and it doesn't acknowledge like any classic female pop stars. Correct. And assumes that like they don't have any understanding of like music or the business or you know like it just is gross anyway yes all right let's back it on up jason street (laughs) this movie opens with a music with an 80s style music video from the music duo pop called pop goes your heart and my god was it shocking it was it was not as shocking as when matthew morrison showed up but it was I mean, I wasn't not bopping along at one point. So I watched it in the bedroom because um, Ben was watching something out here. She-Hulk, it's unimportant. Ben was watching something out here and I was like, I'll just head to the bedroom and watch uh, A Lot Like Love, which then, of course, became music and lyrics. And he right, watched sure, it sure. like five minutes later and was like, what the fuck is happening in here? Because Pop Goes Your Heart was jamming on the table. I texted you and said... What am I watching? I know, and I thought it was because we changed the movie and you forgot what you changed it to. <laughs> no, no, I just meant. Also, also side what note, I, uh, I told your sons that I, I told your sons that I had to watch a movie, and they said, "What's it about?" And I said, two, I think it's about two people who fall in love." And you asked them if they knew what that was, and they said, "Yes, no." And then one of them described, and then you told them it was when you really, 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 really like someone. Yes. And then they told me they loved me, so they must really like me. Yes. Um they don't tell me they love me that often. Get a, once once one of your sons told me he didn't love me because he loved you. He didn't understand you could you could love more than one person. That's still a struggle. Still a struggle. Um he only loves you. Well. Um Okay, so neither of us had seen this movie. Neither of us had predictions, really. No, I straight up thought it was about American Idol. Um, did you like this movie? I don't feel like we've gotten it. Like, did you? What What were your thoughts? Give us your your rundown. I feel like now I feel self conscious. I did like this movie. <laughs> I mean, okay. I don't know. Did you not like this movie? I don't know that it's like hitting. I don't know that I was like. I can't believe I've never seen that before. That is as good as when Harry met Sally. But I think I'm like, I can't believe I've never seen that before. That is as good as a lot like love, probably. Yeah. It was as good as I expected a mid-aughts Hugh Grant, a mid-aughts non-Richard Curtis Hugh Grant vehicle to be. Okay. Listen, there was a lot I really liked about this movie. There was a lot I really liked about this movie. But at the end of the day, I was I was a little bored. I was kind of bored. Well, the 
the conflict between them is somewhat contrived. Somewhat? So there's this whole backstory. Yeah, like what like breaks, quote unquote, breaks them up. And it's also like they sleep together once and then are in love. Which like been there, but it's not real. <laughs> also, so, like, I... They had no chemistry. They had no chemistry. Thank you. Okay, great. That's no, not true. No, no, they no. had excellent, excellent, like, colleague, partner, friend Banter. chemistry. Yeah, I felt like I was watching Hugh Grant on the Drew Barrymore show, show you know? Like, I was like, I understand that these two people Is enjoy each other. Been on the Drew Barrymore show? No, I Googled it. Um, because they're both incredibly endearing. There's a reason she has a very popular talk show. Yes. Do you think she, you think she and Kelly are at odds? Or do you think they're like, there's room for both of us at the top? I, I choose to believe the latter. Um, right. it, I, I did not point, I did not believe that these two people wanted to fuck each other at all. At one point, I simply wrote down, she is so endearing. And shout out yeah. to friend of the pod, Kia Brown, for being our uh, Drew Barrymore stan, who I think every time has come on here to talk about Drew Barrymore has been like, she's just so endearing. But can I just say, she's just so endearing. She's wonderful. And he's wonderful. This was very, like, very Hugh Grant energy. You know what I mean? Like, at one point, he does, he like dances around a living room with children. And he, and like Hugh Grant, his like iconic love actually scene where he dances. That's just his, that's just how the man dances. Cause that's how he was dancing in this. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. unless someone was like, people loved that, do that move. Like, I think that's just how he dances. Yes. Um, It's just sort of like a, you know, like the scene, and to be fair, again, I guess we're talking about the same writer, director as two weeks notice. Which one? Writer? Director? He is both the writer and director of this movie. He's at least the director of two weeks notice. Okay. This to me felt very, like the dialogue felt very two weeks notice. Like the scene in two weeks notice where she's like, you're the worst person on earth. And he says, um, what's your face? I wouldn't know. I've never seen two weeks notice. I'm sorry. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And that's why here's the thing. I tried to watch it early pandemic and talk about a fucking jump scare. I turned it immediately off. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. I was like, I'm going to settle in and watch a rom-com because the world is burning and I'm going to take my mind off everything going on in the world. And then Trump. No. No, 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 So I had the opportunity to watch it and I didn't. And maybe now. Allison, I feel like we, like, we have held ourselves out as like. Oh, yeah. So it's a millennial rom-com experts. And you've never seen two weeks notice. I'm a fraud. I understand that it's a large gap in my knowledge. And I want people to know that I tried. And excuse me for not being able to watch Trump. Okay. There's a line in there's a scene in two weeks notice where she says like you're the worst man on you're the worst person i've ever met and he just says well that can't possibly be true have you met everybody um i mean early in the movie she met trump so it's definitely not true (laughs) but but there were several lines in this that were essentially that i mean not that joke but like had that same like him being a smart ass but like it's cute and charming because it's hugh grant kind of thing happening um there was some very funny like there was a scene with brad garrett who plays his manager and brad garrett says something about like oh that might have saved my marriage if i'd known that and hugh grant says like 
well, I'm not sure it would have stopped your wife from sleeping with the whatever, um, like, or like that, you know, I'm pretty sure it was your wife sleeping with the pool boy that m- killed your marriage, you know, like, Gardner. so. Gardner cares. She has an affair with the gardener. Oh, okay. Sorry. I got the wrong. Cause then she's at his child's soccer game later with the guard. He's like my ex-wife, oh, my ex-gardener right. here. Right. Right. Just also a funny line. Um, See, it's funny. It's a comedy. It is. No, it's funny. Also, Drew Barrymore and Kristen Johnston Johnson as sisters. Always, I want that. Always. Yeah, I thought I felt like Kristen Johnson was uh, surprisingly down to earth in this movie. Yeah, and I can't. I can't wait for her Jennifer Coolidge style, like whatever prestige drama on HBO picks her up and Coolidge's her. I'm excited. Yeah, because a lot of times we expect her to be like batshit. But I feel like in this, she was very much like. I think as millennials, what we expect is for her to go on a rant and fall outside of a window in Sex and City. R.I.P. Or I'm thinking of like her Bride Wars character. There's another one. There's another yeah. rom-com where she's like that character. And also her, where she literally plays an alien in Third Rock from the Sun. Right. But this, she's like. She's like the Leslie man in Judd Apatow movies, you know, like she's the older she's sister. The older sister. She's yeah. the together older sister. Although uh, we guess we got to talk about the fact that their family and Kristen Johnson and ultimately Drew Barrymore runs essentially Weight Watchers. Now, it's they 2007. Are, it's 2007. They are half satirizing it. Yeah. Like they are half saying like we do this weight loss thing and then there's all these jokes about like people on their program like binge eating and it's like yeah okay because they're restricting food and starving themselves and doing whatever their like weight loss plan is they're like then binging on food so we're being like half critical of these types of programs but it's 2007 so we don't know enough to be like oh like they're actually bad and we should only be making fun of them it's only like halfway there yeah, it didn't quite lean into the satirization enough. Because I don't know that Mark Lawrence and other people making this movie feel enough that programs like Weight Watchers are actually bad yeah. to truly be satirizing it. And so instead what it is is like making fun of women who do it instead of mm-hmm. making fun of like diet culture as a whole. You know, we're half, it was half, it was... For 2007, it wasn't as bad as it could be, but it wasn't good. No, and there was also something deeply uncomfortable about two women who have, like, been very open about their weight and body image struggles, like, then talking about their weight and body image and the fact that, like, their family's business is to, like, peddle that to other women. And granted, I understand, like, the characters are not Drew Barrymore and Kristen Johnson, but, like, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. We didn't we could have been running a different business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I also just feel like we're not far along enough now, like to be having conversations about weight and body and diet culture. Like we're not I'm sensitive about who I have those discussions with now because it's so it's still so like seeped in culture. Like so many mm-hmm. people in my own life are still so deeply rooted in diet culture that like, it's sometimes I just have to be like, Hey, we're not going to talk about that. But like, I don't need it from a 2007 movie. Right. Right. Where you there know? was very little like interrogation of what was happening. Yeah. 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 
anyway. But uh, so like that and the the female pop star stuff. Those two things aside, I felt like we were like this was a pretty good movie. Yeah, she kind of boring, she, but like pretty she, good. Well, again, they didn't have a ton of chemistry, and then so like the conflict in their relationship was like she had been when she was a college student or grad student in poetry or writing she had had an affair with her engaged professor but she didn't know he was engaged and then he like wrote a book about that but made her seem like a crazy like obsessive student right um and then they like run into them and Hugh Grant defends her he's very gallant um, oh, and she tries to like stick up to him, but first she has to borrow a dress from Brad Garrett's date. Like we just like gave Brad Garrett a date so we could have someone give Drew Barrymore a dress. There was no other further further explanation. It was never set up anywhere else. Um, no. And like she doesn't really confront him well, and then Hugh Grant defends her. And later in the movie, Hugh Grant is like, "He was right. You are." He doesn't say you are crazy, but he does say like that guy was right. And I was like, "That I don't think you're coming back from that." He does obviously, <laughs> but it. But only Hugh Grant. Again, this is the man who like cheated on Elizabeth Hurley with a sex worker, and we all, you know, then went on late night and was like, Meh, and we all were like, Meh. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. And you're like, yeah, right. you are. Okay, we love you. Never change. You know, um, anybody else gaslighting her like that, and we'd be like, nah. But Hugh Grant, we're well, like, sure, it's okay, honey. Also, like the conflict is really just like her with her ex boyfriend like the conflict isn't really between them except that like he's kind of a dick comes between them because like it's gonna affect the song because she wants like the song to have its integrity and he's like it's a business like the music industry is a business here's the other thing thing as a writer and i'm like yeah we all enter this being like i will stick to my art and now you know three weeks out from a very likely writer's strike i'm like someone just buy anything you can do whatever you want with it just fucking pay me (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean I didn't yeah, I was like you can I'll sell you a rom-com and you can turn it into like diet culture propaganda if you want just pay me I did say like I mean he's not wrong he's what not wrong things they teach you I think there's like a I think there's like a balance right there's like you obviously want like some level of integrity in your work but also like the point of being a professional writer of any type the point of being a professional person of any type is to get paid integrity is great but it doesn't pay the rent right like very i don't know anything about songwriting but i imagine it's similar to film and tv writing in that like you can write the greatest thing in the world 8,000 other people are going to take it and do what they want with it and it's going to become something else before it hits the world unless you're like an auteur and even then you're still going to get notes you write the thing you sell the thing you did your job right yeah I don't know maybe I'm jaded but no I was kind of like he didn't need to be so mean about it but like he's not wrong um also like that's a good catchy song but it's not you know that sunshine on a cloudy day so i don't know that we need to be fending it defending it so starkly you wrote it in two nights yeah i honestly was like i mean it's fine like it's a fine song 
the song they're like pop song in the beginning was better oh pop goes my heart has been playing in my head for a loop because they're like their song that's how you let the love in i don't remember it's not as good yeah this is love not back, dolly parton find your way back to love or something like that yes a way back to love this is but... not dolly parton writing jolene and i will always love you on the same <laughs> night you know no no this is the second musical i mean different than best little whorehouse in texas and then like no one's breaking i'm sorry for no reason did you just say that music and lyrics is different than best little whorehouse in texas that is a revelation allison i'm just saying this is the second musical we watched in a row sure accidentally sure right accidentally um yeah uh we get an asif mondi like blink and you miss him but again it's 2007 so he's like he's brand new mm, well, is he also, brand they didn't new? explain this until they didn't explain this until the pop goes your heart uh pop-up video at the end but he oh my god whatever happened really, to pop-up video whatever happened to vh1 no one has cable anymore fair point um everyone has streamers and that's causing quite an issue with writers and that's why i'm gonna have to be in a pay line in three weeks Okay, he had been on The Daily Show. He was, like, just starting on The Daily Show at the point that this wow. was filming. Time is crazy, because if you asked me when Asif Mandu was on The Daily Show, I would have been like, I don't know, like, three, four years ago. <laughs> okay, right? Okay, wait. Time out. So, I started watching the show Evil, um, and he's one of the three main characters. And so, like, as I'm watching, I'm, like, Googling, like, you know, just like refreshing myself on Asif Andiv's career. I mean, I know who he is. It's not like I was like, who is this guy? I know who he is, but I just was like Googling around, you know, on the three main actors on the show. How old do you think Asif Mandeev is? Okay, well, in 2007, he was playing a doorman, which I guess, look, there's no age to a doorman. He's playing the doorman who Hugh Grant has to try out all his music on, even though he's tone deaf. Right. Um, I don't know, he's probably in his 40s, right? Mid to late he's, 40s? He's 57. He looks excellent. A, he I would looks like excellent. to know his skincare career routine. But B, so I said to Jeff, I was like, how old do you think Asif Mandiv is? And he said, I don't know, probably in his 50s. And I said, yeah, he's 57. And Jeff was like, well, he was on The Daily Show when we were in college. And I was like, time is wild. Like, again, I would have said like, oh, Asif Mandiv was on The Daily Show like a couple of years ago to be fair i'm like well trevor noah just took over he did it for such a short time before stepping down and that's not true <laughs> Trevor <laughs> no. Noah daily show was no maybe as long as the john stewart one what is time it's not real exactly i was like time is a mind fuck asif mondi is 67 he's been a working actor for like a couple of decades now um asif mondi did look really young in this because I'm watching a show that's current and like I know what he looks like currently, I was like, Oh, so you you're a baby. It was fifteen years ago. Yeah. Ish. I, I can't do math. Ish. Um, also, anyway. he's an excellent actor. Just FYI. In case you didn't know. Many comedians are. I mean, he's also like the comedic relief on the show, but like in a very different way than i think you're used to for him on evil evil all i know of evil is they used to premiere after um the seminal classic american sitcom carol second act um, oh yeah 
That's right. That is how I first heard of this show. Always see ads for evil because it'd be like, you would be like, first, Carol's trying something new in the hospital and up next, evil. Yeah. I mean, it has its like late moments. It's, it would, it's not, a. Uh, it's not, you know, not funny like Carol's second act, but <laughs> that felt pointed. <laughs> Sorry. Carol's second act was still paying its way in dividends. I got a, I got a residual check the other day for $8, about 90 cents of which came from Carol's second act. Well, congratulations. The other Where did the other $7 come from? Fam. Um, which I was like, who's binging fam right now and then one of my coworkers pointed out they were like i don't know cheryl Re- cheryl lee ralph is blowing up maybe people are like digging into her career and i'm like well then i feel bad because she has a lot of things that are better to watch than fam <laughs> you want to dig into cheryl lee ralph's career probably don't start with fam is that the- yeah don't finish with it don't do it in the middle you can skip it but then you can, <laughs> you can, skip, you can skip fam and cheryl lee ralph's repertoire oh but if you're not watching abbott elementary are you missing out and also i will never ever say a bad word against cheryl lee ralph because i found her to be an inspiration and a delight uh never forget the day i told her she had a great show and she looked at me confidently and just said i received that and i said that's the only way to receive compliments that's the only way to receive compliments good for her why do women always just go, oh, really? No, it's fine. She just went, she's not even thank you. And I didn't deserve a thank you. Not even thank you. Just, I received that. She received well, my compliment. Have you seen that oh, clip yeah, of, bitch, received my compliment. of Lisa Ann Walters talking about how like Cheryl Lee Ralph basically told her like, we're, we don't talk shit about our bodies around here. Like you're going to knock that off. <laughs> to be fair she's not in this movie we're talking about though no this is what, this is, what I'm talking about with, oh. this is what i'm talking about with this movie is like it's good but like there's not a lot of there there you know like if they you want to thin see, scarves because it's 2007 at right one point he calls her mangy if you want to like see drew barrymore being like quintessential drew barrymore and you want to see hugh grant being like quintessential hugh grant Sure. She's not even truly quintessential. Like, she's very endearing. She's very charming. She's very pretty. She's Drew Barrymore. But she's never, like, weird. There's, like, an aspect of Drew Barrymore. He keeps calling her weird. But, like... They're not showing it. It's, like, we're relying on the fact of it being Drew Barrymore to, like, think it that she's weird. But she's never doing, like... She's never, like, She's never Josie. Barrymore laugh. She's never Josie. She's never... Um, yeah. You know, there's just, there's an aspect of like, oh, she's just like pretty and nice and anxious. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wanted a little bit more true, true Drew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, At yeah. the end of the movie, when they're performing the song, when the pop star, whose name I forget, but it's not Kesha, is performing the music with Hugh Grant. Every time she performs a new song. So he wrote one song. He finally wrote lyrics for Drew Barrymore. Um, and he says, like, I did the best I could, but you're the lyricist. I need you. And then they play, like, their song together. She announces the writers. She's like, and now I'm going to play my new song, Music and Lyrics by Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore. And it's like, when have you ever been to a concert and someone is, like, announcing who wrote the song? Never. Not ever. That's not real. Right. That's why you don't know that, like, 
Kesha and Megan Trainer and Taylor Swift are writing all of these pop songs for other people. Until the until Taylor Swift comes out with her Taylor's versions and has a bunch of songs recorded by other people that we learned she wrote. Yeah. Exactly. I got nothing else to say about this movie. This movie's fine. I mean, it's like it's charming. It's cute. For a Sunday afternoon? I'm not mad about how I spent it. No. No. It was snowing here yesterday. Like, what else was I gonna do? I was sending pictures of the boys in their shorts playing outside the other day. And now it's uh uh-huh. Yes, Allison. Yes. Climate change is here. It's real, you guys. Yeah. We didn't do enough and now it's wreaking havoc. That's exactly right. Um, anyway, on that fun note, what are we watching next? We don't know. We haven't planned. We don't know what we're doing next. So we will discuss and figure it out. Maybe, maybe we need to do a Patreon poll. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do a Patreon poll. poll. And if you're a patron, you get to pick what we're watching next. So look out for that. You can, I didn't say this at the beginning of the show, but you can join our patron on either the Richard Curtis or the Nora Ephron level and vote. You can vote in the poll at either level. Um, True. You only get the bonus episodes at the Nora Ephron level. You can do that at patreon.com slash hold up question mark. Um, Carrie, does this movie hold up? Kind of. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll pull the patrons, the patrons, and then we'll announce on Instagram what the movie is. And we love you all so much for listening. Bye. Bye.